Ashley on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I think the Buckeyes are taking your advice, shutting it down until the NCAA. Shutting her down, eh? Well, I mean, that's what you, you want people to do. Everybody wants them to shut it down. What's we'll the point? To, What's the point of winning a Big Ten? Who cares? We'll get to the uh, emails and people weighing in yes. via SpielmanHooley podcast at gmail.com. I took an informal On our question of whether they should lose the second game in Indianapolis, which I now, that is Michigan State, would like for them to win. No, why? That would make them tired. Well, here's what I would do. Be fatigued. <laughs> Uh, shut it down is the um, mantra of the day here sure. on a uh, Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Everything shutting down, coronavirus uh, fears, um, precautions. I don't know what the right word is, but that's what we have as we begin the 100th episode. Congratulations. Of the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Congratulations indeed. Can't uh, believe I've been doing this a hundred times. I can't either. But you haven't made a hundred trips out here because in the beginning I used to come to your house to do this. And then for some reason you decided to come out here. Well, we just, love having uh, you out here. It's just easier for you and for everybody involved. And Very of course, all I do is give, give, give. Give, 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 give. Yes. give, give, give. Uh, lovingly sacrifice. As you know, I never complain about it. Never. <laughs> and we'll be giving today a special yeah. prize. Thanks to our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters in Mechanicsburg. All right. And our buddy Andy, who sent us one of the funniest emails we've gotten, but it showed us what a loyal listener he is yeah. to the podcast. And I had a nice half-hour conversation with Andy on Did the you? phone last night. And I will provide updates on uh, just a bunch of cool stuff uh, that, you know, there's lots of sim- uh, synergy between the two uh, endeavors, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters and the Spielman and Hootley podcast. And so somebody today, and we'll draw the winner, if you're watching on YouTube, right out of this uh, nice commemorative uh, That's Why I'm Here wooden bucket that somebody made years ago That's when we nice. released the book. Uh, we'll draw the winner out of that. So uh, if you entered, and to enter, you had to email podcast at gmail.com and Supply the name of our NFL consulting firm. And a lot of people knew the name. Well, that's good. None of that them have hired good. us, but a lot of them knew the name. <laughs> <laughs> no Haslam Jimmy from Cleveland, entered, unfortunately. No, this is Jimmy from Cleveland? Jimmy from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could have. We'll weigh in later with our uh, consulting on uh, Christian Kirksey and whether the Browns should have let Christian Kirksey walk. And uh, I know you're a fan of Joe Schobert, so we'll see whether you uh, approve of the Browns getting. Uh, a linebacking core of Mac Wilson and Sione Takatani. Yeah, I think Mac Wilson is a guy that uh, played really well at times last year for a rookie. Will only get better, is cheaper, so you have Much to let cheaper. one of those guys yeah. go. Which is, I think, Schobert won what like eight to ten million dollars a year. Yeah, I'd let him walk too. Kirksey, to be honest with you, Kirksey, uh, six point eight million. He played nine games the last two years, so he's a productive player though yeah. when he's healthy. When he's so. healthy. And I think Mac Wilson, you know, those are the guys that you have to make decisions on. And you know my feelings of linebackers. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're replaceable. And Mac Wilson's cheaper than Joe Schobert. So it's not necessarily, hey, we, we love you. You're a great player, but you're too expensive. And we need to spend money elsewhere. And so I certainly understand that decision. Nope, no question about it. I think it's the right decision. Okay, uh, speaking of healthy, before we get to all the coronavirus-related mm-hmm. things and how that will probably lead us into our faith portion of the podcast today, uh, speaking of healthy, Ohio State's assistant coaches, the numbers are in on the payment. And, look, uh, 
it's lucrative coaching college football. We know that from what Dabo Sweeney makes and what Urban made and Saban makes, and they bring in more money than they cost, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. We're capitalists, so we're all about that. If you don't hold a gun on someone, you're not overpaid. And yet it is uh, noteworthy. I don't know if it's surprising, but it's noteworthy. Ohio State is the first staff in the country to have four assistant coaches each making a million dollars a year. Uh, Kerry Combs, Larry Johnson, Greg Madison, and Kevin. Did I say Kevin Wilson? No, you did not. Okay, Kevin Wilson on offense. Three on defense, Kevin Wilson on offense. And with bonuses, they may have another guy get there. So they got four guys making over a million dollars. So more than just coordinators making over a million dollars. Well, that's the advantage of Ohio State. So you're able to pay some of the best in the business and the importance of assistant coaches can't be um, understated. I mean, they are they are the guys that work with the players directly. They're in the meeting rooms with them. They're the ones responsible uh, for the improvement of players. And when you have the success that Ohio State has, it's no surprise to me that these guys are able to cash in. I mean, it's the highest level at the collegiate level that you can get to. And I have no problem with those guys making it. Now, 10 years ago, if you would have talked to anybody involved with college football and you're talking about maybe there might have been one guy in the country that was making a million dollars as an assistant coach, now at these top programs, uh, it's not uh, uncommon for two or three or four guys to make it. And speaking of one million, how about Bo Pelini going from Youngstown State to the defensive coordinator at LSU for $2.5 million? Yeah. $2.5 million. They were already paying Dave Aranda over $2 million, and he got another job, I think. Yeah, he got and, a head coaching job. And so Bo s- stepped in there. And here's the thing. With Bo Pelini, and I would say with Kevin Wilson, it's the same thing. I can make the case you're getting a bargain, those guys at that price, because Bo Pelini, when he was the head coach at Nebraska, was certainly making more than $2.5 million. Kevin Wilson, as the head coach at Indiana, was making more than the $1.2 million he'll make here. Now you can say, well, there's a reason they're not the coach there anymore, Bruce. Bo Pelini got fired. Kevin Wilson got pushed out uh, some more off-field than on because he did a fine job at Indiana. The point is they could go somewhere else to be a head coach and make more money. That. Depends on where they go. Where Bo, they go. Bo wasn't making more Bo money in Youngstown. Right, true. But, you know, if Bo does a good job at LSU, he'll end up being a head coach again. Sure. And he'll make more. I think you have to look at it on an individual basis. Kerry Combs making $1.4 million. Well, I don't know what he was making in the NFL. What do assistant coaches make? He was assistant head coach and, and secondary coach of the Tennessee Titans. He, I'm sure he got a raise to come to Columbus. He wouldn't take a pay cut to come to Columbus. I would guess... Carry his first time in the NFL, right? So I'm going to guess he was probably around anywhere between six to 800,000. See, the thing is, he was here for six years and it was well thought of. He's not going to, Mike Vrabel's not going to give him a pay cut to go to the Titans. No. Would you agree? So, yeah, he probably, I, I would say he was probably around eight. Yeah. So he got a raise to go there and he got a raise to come back. Yeah. So that makes sense. Good. He's a defensive coordinator, he can't be making less than Greg Madison or Larry Johnson. Greg Madison was on a two-year deal. He was already making over a million. Greg Madison's raise is 3%. So what that tells you is 
He took most of his money up front in the first year of his deal, same as Tony Alford, the running backs coach, who also got a 3% raise. And then you look at Brian Hartline, who got a 53% raise, and you go, holy cow, a 53% raise. Yeah, well, but- he's the National Recruiter of the Year of some services. He signed – he recruited – G. Scott, Mookie, what's Mookie's last name? Laylock. Mookie, no, it's not Mookie. <laughs> Mookie. Mookie uh, Wilson. Julian Fleming, uh, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. He got like all the best wideouts. Heartline signed him. So he got a he got a 53% raise, but he's still under 600 grand. He's still a bargain. Well, he's second year full time as assistant yeah. coach. So, I mean, Brian will be. I think be third well. year. I think third. He stepped Brian, in for yeah, Zach. Yeah, thank you. Brian will be well thought of and. As he puts his time in, and, and the whole thing in, in getting raises and bargains is leverage, right? Yeah. When you have two people want you, that's the ideal position to be in. I mean, look at Tony Romo. Who would have thought that an NFL analyst would make $17 million a year? $17 million a year, all because Monday Night Football wanted Tony Romo, and so now he's able to use... ESPN against CBS, and he's able to drive his bargain and name his price at seventeen million for CBS. More power to him. Yep. Um, you know, it was interesting to me just to stay on that a second because I have one year left on my deal at Fox. I don't know what's going to happen after that. Uh, you know, I have to decide full time if if I want to continue doing that or try to advance our two men in the basement. Uh, NFL consulting business mm-hmm. and do this podcast full time. Too late time. to enter, by the way. <laughs> we already have entries. That's the name of the podcast. That's the name of the consulting firm. But everybody's calling me and saying, wow, that's got to be great for you. I said that on this yeah, podcast. Are you kidding me? Spiels, Tony Romo's price went up. You're yeah, going to benefit. Yeah, I'm going to benefit. Nobody benefits uh, except Tony and Troy and Chris Collinsworth. And maybe Peyton Manning. And maybe Peyton Manning or whoever ESPN decides to go with. Um, for Monday Night Football. It was interesting. I was talking to somebody from ESPN last night. Uh, he said there's no shot at Peyton Manning. So we'll see. I go, what direction they're going to go? And he doesn't know. So we'll see what happens. It's a little bit like when uh, Ohio State hired Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was the grand slam hire. No one else would have moved the needle like Urban. Peyton Manning would be the grand slam hire for ESPN. I don't know that there's. I don't know that though. I mean, you think he would be good on TV, but I, I got. Yeah, I don't know that he would, but he'd be. It'd be a perceived as a home run. Hunt. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think he would probably be good too. But you just never know. And uh, it, I wish it's your not, contract not was not such as, that ESPN could hire you. Well, the. I mean, I think I can hold my own against, and I don't say this in a cocky or arrogant way. I think I can hold my own against any analyst out there. I think I'm as. Uh, I think I have the things I can do better. Obviously, I can improve in a lot of areas. But I think one of my strengths is that I can take something that may seem difficult and make it simple for uh, people to understand. I did change my approach a little bit this year on, on the advice. I talked about this, I believe, in an earlier podcast as opposed to pointing why things didn't work. My emphasis this year was a little bit more positive on why things worked. I've always been, uh, I, I think, pretty uh, clear on on saying why something happened as opposed to what happened. People see with their eyes what happened. My job is to tell people why. But um, the business of broadcasting is so subjective, 
and who's ever in charge at the time, it's up to them whether they like you or don't like you. And there's really not a lot you can do about it. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and I'll save this for the uh, face segment. I do have uh, a, a, a chapter I actually want to share today that kind of covers all anxiety and worry about the future that uh, we'll get into. But um, we'll see what happens, and we'll see what happens at ESPN and Monday Night Football. I think it's fascinating, and whoever gets that job, I think they're actually in a, a no-win situation. Agreed. Uh, it's very difficult uh, to go in because you're going to be criticized because it's easy. Uh, you're an easy target mm-hmm. for ESPN Monday Night Football. I think Booger, you know, Booger could have done th- some things better, obviously, but I don't know. I don't think he had a chance. I don't think Jason Witten had a chance. I not. It's not Jason Witten's fault. I blame ESPN for putting Jason Witten in that position to ask a guy to go call a game that's never called a game before. Yeah, that's tough. What are you doing? Why would you do that to somebody? Well, they thought I'm sure they tested him and they thought he'd be fine. I'm but. not sure they tested him. Oh. Maybe they did. I'm not sure. I never I never was tested. I did an audition. You know? Uh you mentioned uh anxiety. So this is a good time to translate into or transfer over to transition into transition. Thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah, I'll, don't worry. You I'm are here for so you. giving and so kind and I appreciate <laughs> it so good. much. Every, God loves a, a, um, a cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. That's, That's right. what I do. Give, give, give. Do a hundred podcasts. We can finish each other's sentences. Uh, coronavirus. Yes. Precautions. Fears. I don't. Know, Lawsuits. Whatever. Yes. Uh, here's just some updates, sports related. Okay. USC has closed spring practice. Uh, they're not going to have spring practice. They've or? closed it. No, they're okay. going to have it. They're just not going to let anybody in to watch okay. it. Uh, the NBA is exploring playing games in alternate arenas away from cities where outbreaks have been confirmed. Commun- uh, community outbreaks, from my understanding. Yes, but so uh, neutral cities are an option. Mm-hmm. Playing, uh, let's say, you know, if there was L.A. was deemed to be not safe and they were playing the Cavs and Cleveland was deemed to be safe, although there are three cases in Cleveland. Uh, they would play the L.A. Laker home game in Cleveland. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle, obviously, is a hot zone, I think you could say, in terms of coronavirus in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Their mayor or governor has announced restrictions on gatherings of 250 or more people. Spokane, Washington, is supposed to host first-round NCAA tournament sites next week, mm-hmm. a week from now. Uh Quicken on us. Rocket Mortgage Arena in Cleveland is to play host to the MAC tournament, men's and women's, yes. this weekend. Uh, it is closed to the public. Uh, you cannot buy tickets anymore. There will be refunds given for games at Rocket Mortgage Arena, which is unfortunate for the MAC because they have their holy grail. Akron is the number one seed, and Kent and Akron have played two really crazy down to the wire games. Yeah. They're they're. Their moneymaker is an Akron-Kent final, and it looks like they can at least get Akron on one side Mm -hmm. of the bracket. So that's unfortunate for the MAC, but they're taking a precaution. The Ohio State, since we had a podcast, Ohio State has canceled in-person classes through the end of March. So is Miami, so is Ohio U, so is Bowling Green. In fact, Macy, my daughter, came home from Bowling Green Yesterday, they have spring break next week, and everything is going to be online until April 6th. 
that's just I think in, in coordination with their spring break. Okay. Um, of course, my first question is, "Where are you going to do rehab?" Yeah, because no, but uh, Doctor Pete or yes. Pete One. I, I I think right up the street. I I don't know how you feel about this. I think it, it's proactive. Uh, I don't think it's reactionary. I think it's proactive. And well, when the governor, just to add a few more bits of texture, yeah, to this, go the ahead. Governor Dewine yesterday said he's what was his announcement? There've been so many. He's discouraging public gatherings. Um, He's not outlawing it because the Blue Jackets say they're going to continue to hold games at Nationwide Arena. But he was discouraging, you know, groups of fans. So the MAC followed with their announcement. They closed the public. And then the OHSAA. And this is the big one because this weekend at Ohio State, you're supposed to have the girls' state basketball tournament at St. John Arena. You're supposed to have the wrestling tournament at Value, uh, Value City Arena. You're supposed to have the state hockey tournament at Nationwide Arena. And Ohio State is playing a Big Ten hockey tournament against Michigan at Nationwide Arena. The OHSAA, if you bought a ticket to the girls, basketball, wrestling, or state hockey, those tickets are void. You cannot get in. They will allow the players in each of those sports to have four tickets. Mm -hmm. Four. So mom and dad can go. Maybe grandma and grandpa can go. If you got brothers and sisters, mom, dad, brother, sister can go. Grandma and grandpa, too bad. So they're limiting it to four. And it's really, I'm just sad because having competed in state championships. Yes, we know. Thank you. Yes. Oh, gosh. It's you, just an awesome. One, two, three, me. It's an awesome family. <laughs> Anytime you get a chance to mention your state championship, <laughs> boy, does that come out fast. Both of them. Wow. Oh, two of them. Yeah, see. <laughs> Wow. Okay. All right, continue there, so, state champion. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's too bad, and I understand the precaution, and you hit on the absolute, I think, overriding reason for this. Lawsuits. I do think it's just the right thing to do, unfortunately. I mean, with there, look, I trust the doctors, I and I'm not one to hide in a corner and not listen to what's going on and hopefully it goes away. I'm one to educate myself Mm -hmm. on what the doctors are saying. And um, there is some risk involved. And so I don't see a problem in being proactive to mitigate the risk involved. I do feel bad for the girls um, obviously, I'm interested in the girls' basketball tournament, and my guy out there at Newark, J.R. Shoemate, has his uh, girls' team in the state championship, and jr has been close a lot of times and runs a great girls' program out there, and, and my daughter played for him in AAU, so I'm obviously interested in, in that. And for those girls to get there to not have the uh, spectacle, I guess, of the mm-hmm. fans and just – you know, I feel bad for them, but it's not going to take away from their title or anything like that. But look, in a time like this, I think being smart and being proactive is the right thing to do. I know that, you know, I wash my hands and be, I'm conscious of touching my face every single time. I was talking to my brother. Uh, my mother's 76 years old. And they live in Minnesota. I don't know what the status is in Minnesota, but I do know 
uh, that the Vikings are taking precautions. They've had uh, meetings upon meetings. He sent me an email from their doctors and the research that they've done and what they're doing. And I know that he's taking precautions with my mother about keeping her away from closed spaces. But I was listening to the news this morning and a couple of things of interest, outdoor sports, I think, are still going to be open Yeah. because I think the virus has a hard time uh, surviving outdoors. Plus, you're not enclosed in spaces. Right. And there's social distancing, which will be the new term uh, mm-hmm. of, of the year. And I think it's something as a country that you you rally around. I do think uh, you, you stay calm and you use common sense and you educate yourself on what's going on. The doctor this morning on... Fox News was actually saying that, you know, by the end of April, they they have a a vaccine that will be ready for human testing. But the vaccine probably won't be available to everybody until 2021. But she was saying that, look, you're going to have a cold season, a flu season. You might have a corona season coming up. And that's something that, you know, when, when times like this hit, usually people rally together. And that's what I'm hoping for as a country and as our politicians and leaders, they rally together and remove politics from the equation and just focus on what's the best way for everybody to come together to attack this thing. And we have the brightest minds. And I watch Vice President Pence and that task force every single day. So I educate myself on what's going on and I watch it without fear and there's a reason why I don't have fear, which I'll get into. Yeah, I I agree. I don't want my wife and I are scheduled to go to a uh, Christian school auction in Medina on Friday, and we always look forward to it. I want to support that school. I want to support my friend Rob, who's on the board. He's kind enough to invite us every year. It's a great event. But I just, you know, I thought to sh- Sherry and I haven't decided yet. But I said, is it responsible for us to go? You know, I'm not afraid. If I got it and I ended up dying, I'm not afraid to die, although I'm not in the midst of dying, so it's easy for me to say that right now. But, I, you know, I don't know what the right decision is. I want to be respectful of it, uh, but and I hesitate to get numbers because I don't want people to say, well, you poo-pooed it or you inflamed. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know. I My tendency is to think that it's going to claim probably a lot of lives. I think the numbers may be somewhat skewed in the day it started in China, and I'm not sure they had full disclosure right away. I think some people, it's conceivable. Some people had it and have beat it and never went to the doctor. My wife's one of those people that just gets sick and doesn't go to the doctor. I get Mm. sick, I go to the doctor. You know, I go. And so, you know, someone who gets sick, beats it, they're not going to be factored into the numbers. So I don't know what they are, but I know, look, all these... People are taking precautions. Um, Ohio State, I asked uh, yesterday, Jerry Emig, I said, are we? Are they changing spring football in any way, shape, or form? I- Interview-wise or, you know, we're supposed to have interviews starting, I think, next mm-hmm. week. Are they going to let us interact with the players? Are they going to put them in a different room and show it to us on video? And I, I don't know. They could. Yeah. Uh, but they'll do whatever they think is responsible. And he said, look, it changes every day. It so does. We'll, we'll evaluate every day. Michael Drake, the president, said – uh, he would like groups to rethink or at least look at the propriety of having what he called non-essential events between now and mid to late April. Well, is spring football an essential event? 
an open spring game is an essential event? I would say no, because in past years, when the stadium has been under construction, they've held the spring game as scrimmage at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I I think Jerry is exactly right. Things change every day, and I think it's our responsibility to keep up on the information every single day, then make decisions accordingly, and 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 how you feel. Uh, I do think common sense is a big factor for me. If we're going to be proactive, I don't think sp- the spring game is an essential event. Nor do I. Uh, a lot of times, teams have canceled spring football games because of the amount of injuries. They don't have enough players to do it. Yeah. So, we'll see. But it was it was interesting. This, you know, I I didn't know this. You can talk about, you know, the indoor sporting events are the things that are more of a concern sure. than I think anything outdoors. So, just you take it a day at a time and you adjust, and this too will pass. It's just I don't know when it'll pass. I don't think anybody knows when it'll pass, but when I uh, sit there and watch press conferences and educate myself and I see all these brilliant minds and scientists working on this, I'm just in awe of these people. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that uh, was a little concerning to me was I think that China was a little delayed in the DNA coding of what this virus is and so when you from my understanding and believe me i'm no expert i'm just parroting what the news says that Mm -hmm. once these scientists now have the the ability to get the dna coding then you bring the private sector in to work with the public sector it's a powerful force when those two entities or man i am so on my vocabulary today when those two entities i was sitting here like still wild (laughs) by the fact that you use parroting Then you just kept, not parenting. No, you parenting. Parenting, and then you just kept right on rolling. Mitigate and all this. Mitigate. So Amazing. maybe I, you should watch the scientific <laughs> news more often. No, but I mean, just the the dedication uh, of these doctors, and you know, it's it it's serious, and and but it's something that I think eventually will get under control, and uh, you know, I'm quite confident in that. But I'm also going to cut the cards and being cautious and smart. And with common sense, and I think that's the right approach for me. Amen. All right, uh, let's award uh, some loyal listener, and uh, you have to be a loyal listener to know that the name of our NFL consulting firm is Two Men in a Basement, NFL Consulting. Uh, because Chris made Yet a, to have a, uh, a client. We're still but... waiting for our inaugural client, yes. <laughs> and our inaugural We did get our 100th Twitter follower, I saw. We did. So we are the coronavirus of Twitter what, accounts. What, we how, are growing are we by to? leaps and bounds. What are we up to? I don't know. Let are me... we over to... Here, want me to look? Yeah, why don't you look under uh, We Tackle. Follow us on Twitter at We Tackle. Uh, Instagram, Spielman and Hooley. Facebook, Spielman and Hooley. Uh, email the show, podcast at gmail.com, which are those of you who knew that our NFL consulting firm is Two Men in a Basement NFL Consulting, entered via email. Wow, we're up to 147 followers. You see, we're viral. We're growing like crazy. My, we're incubating. My uh, Yorkie poo has more followers than we do. Okay, well, your Yorkie poo's <laughs> been at it longer than we have. <laughs> so... Here's the deal. <laughs> the fact that I even have a Yorgi boo. I inherited that Yorgi Mr. boo. Mr. Spielman will draw uh, one card out of the bucket, and uh, we will tell you who the winner of our prize is, and then we'll tell you who our who our prize comes from and what our prize is. So just pull a card out of there. I, we had this many entries? We had this many entries, yes. 
Wow. It's a good thing. A good six or seven of these. Trending toward top, top 20 podcast. It's on the other side. The winner is on the other side. Wait, there you go. Who is it? Nathan Her. Nathan Her is the winner of a $100. How's that for wow. 100th podcast? $100 uh, gift pack from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters in Mechanicsburg, Ohio. So we want to thank our friend Andy. Yeah. Are you going to deliver it to him? I'm going to go get the <laughs> gift pack tomorrow. Okay. And they were kind enough to say they would deliver it, but I want to meet uh, Paul and Grace and Andy, mm-hmm. uh, all of whom are engaged in Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, which you can find their Twitter site uh, by you know searching Hemisphere Coffee Roasters on Twitter. Uh, they have a Facebook page, and uh, they'll ship right to you. They ship all over the U.S., so wherever you're listening. Here's their story. Uh, Paul and Grace buy coffee from Nicaragua and Thailand direct from growers. Okay. Uh, this allows the grower to get more money because they don't have to go through a lot of the taxing and a lot of the rigmarole of the export fees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. In Nicaragua... The farmer who they have a deal with to provide coffee takes the money he gets from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters and has uh, allowed pastors in Nicaragua to wow. be to be full time pastors rather than working in the coffee fields. He finances them so they can be full time pastors, so they don't have to work for. Isn't that amazing? And the people he has paid with the money from Mechanicsburg, Ohio, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, have planted 21 churches in Nicaragua. In Thailand, the farmer that they contract with employs 70 women in a, in a remote village of Thailand. These 70 women, if they were not engaged in the coffee industry, mm. their only other real option would be as prostitutes or as human trafficking yeah. victims. So they have helped deliver 70 women in Thailand from a horrible life situation. So I would highly encourage you to patronize Hemisphere Coffee Roasters in Mechanicsburg. Right. Uh, when you email them, tell them about the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Um, what a great story. It gets better. I, so wow. I'm ta- so I'm talking to Andy last night. This is how God works. I folks. feel inferior right now. This is how God works. Okay. So I'm talking to Andy last night, and I have, as you know, have been engaged in the beginning stages of incorporating some leadership training that I've undergone and really believe strongly in mm-hmm. with youth sports and the youth sports culture and high school sports and all that. We'd like to get it into the hands of coaches to help forge better relationships between Parents and coaches, coaches and players, players and players. You know that's a a hard issue that I have and an endeavor that I'm engaged in. So in the course of that, I'm on several calls, leadership calls, with people around the world. One of my calls that I'm on right now is with a woman in Portland who has a nonprofit that's planted 5,000 churches in Ethiopia. Uh, another person on the call is in a remote cabin in Montana. Another person on the call is in Ecuador. So last night when I'm talking to Andy on uh, from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, I said, you know, Andy, I'm on a leadership call with a guy from Ecuador, and he mentioned to me that he's just now getting started in the coffee industry. I said, are you guys all set? 
with coffee from Nicaragua and Thailand, or are you looking to add other farmers? And he said, we're always looking to add other farmers. And I said, well, let me check with my guy in Ecuador and see if he'd be interested in networking with you. He said, what's his name? I said, well, honestly, I don't know his name. I said, I know his first name. His first name is Dion. And he he gave me the guy's last name. He goes, Dion, hmm? And I said, yes. And he goes, yeah, we're already talking to him. Wow. So now, what are the odds that God would connect a Spielman and Hooley podcast listener in Mechanicsburg, Ohio, <laughs> to us via email to then provide a prize for our 100th podcast? And he and I would talk on the phone, and the only person in the world that I know south of the United States is the one guy starting out in the coffee industry <laughs> crazy. that can perhaps be blessed and grow his business and bless other people in Ecuador mm -hmm. through the guy we met on the podcast. It's amazing. I got chills when he said, yo, Dion Le, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So you know what that is? is it's divine. Well, it's divine, but the other thing, and this is... We always talk about conviction, and a friend of mine asked me that's growing and kind of new to this whole thing, and he was talking about all of a sudden he feels convicted all the time, not in a bad way, but convicted in a way that he sees things, and he looks at things differently, and he feels convicted, and he's grateful for the conviction, but he asked me, what's the opposite of conviction? And the only thing I could think of that popped in my brain, because that's a very difficult question, hmm. was affirmation. Mm -hmm. So this for you and for me, but you're the, you're the lead dog on this, but for, for me from just having this podcast point of view and being a cheerful giver, driving out to the hinterlands every single day, mm -hmm. <laughs> sacrificing for you. Again, um, never ends. <laughs> but is 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 the affirmation that that this is is giving us, and more importantly, giving you, because you know when we lost the show at one hundred five seven the zone, it quite frankly impacted you more than it did me. And for you to have this affirmation is exciting to see for me then understanding that you are being led in the right direction and you are going in the right direction and you are um i think uh being affirmed in your choices in life that you're making so congratulations and that's something to praise god for amen and celebrate amen so we thank uh, hemisphere coffee roasters we highly encourage you to um patronize them from now on Friday. I'm, I'll have all the uh, ordering mechanisms through which you can go. We'll talk a little bit about their coffee. I'm still waiting for a sample. Spiels will have coffee on Friday. So I will? I will. I will go pick it up on Thursday. Okay. Yes, you will have. They do have Keurig cups. I think you'll have a mug. Well, good. So we're Can I have set. a travel mug? Do they have a travel mug? I prefer a travel mug. I'll ask them. Okay, I'm really high maintenance, aren't really getting the way, back to the voice of the pampered athlete, aren't we? <laughs> Not just well, a I'm mug, not, but a travel uh, mug. I'm not a state champion. I'm sorry. Uh, as I'm reminded you're of. You're mythical. Weren't you mythical? Yeah, in my own mind, Maslin yes. mythical uh, champions. 
Uh, Nathan Hur from Bowling Green. Nathan Hur from Bowling Some Green, Some people Ohio. might think that might be fixed, me yeah. being a frequent visitor to Bowling Green. Talk about the hinterlands. the hinterlands. Wow. That is a hinterlands. <laughs> All right, so I was thinking about uh, things I've experienced this week on my uh, leadership pursuit, and I was thinking about Hemisphere Coffee Roasters and and our podcast, and one word came to mind, uh, mentoring. When you and I started this podcast, we, of course, wanted to talk Buckeyes, Browns, Bengals, and sports. But we also said, let's talk about the things that are most important to us, which is our faith and applying our faith, living out our faith, drawing other people to our faith, encouraging people, inspiring people, and entertaining people. And that's a form, I think, of mentoring. So I had a conversation with a friend of mine this week who is just really a, um, a blessing in my life. And he and I were discussing the differences between mentoring and coaching. And he said, coaching is instruction. Mentoring is increasing someone's capacity. I thought that was a great definition. Yeah, I can see that. So uh, if if you want to go with that, mentoring is someone's capacity. So I started to think this through, and I wrote down a few little notes here. Uh, Jesus mentored 12 people, his disciples. Uh, and look at the result, the faith that has changed the world. How can we be mentored today spiritually? I am mentored by reading the Bible, pondering on its truth, praying, asking God to show me uh, conviction, affirmation, inspiration, enlightenment, all those things. Uh, The Bible's a way for us to be mentored perfectly. It's God's wisdom. It's a living, breathing truth that he injects into our life. Uh, The cumulative impact of the truth of the Bible can be as viral in the world as the coronavirus, as any virus. It can spread and it can be a force for good. So for us, rather than fearing what might happen from the coronavirus, um, I think both Chris and I, and hopefully the the strong believers among our listeners, uh, embrace on a daily basis the truth of what God can do. I'm inspired by Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Uh, I'm inspired by another business that uh, I've recently become aware of, Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health-sharing mm-hmm. ministry. Somebody who we are members of a health-sharing ministry. We don't have insurance, but if we get a catastrophic health situation in our family, um, we will receive what we now each month mail to others, which is a check for, I think our fee is 600 bucks a month. We send a check to some, we get a note, so-and-so, this family's in need. We it's send a great that, idea. We send, I've heard that on radio before. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. We send that family a check for $600, and we write them an encouraging note. And we tell them mm-hmm. we're praying for them. And they get, I don't know, hundreds of checks, maybe thousands of checks, if it's cancer or whatever, mm-hmm. to pay their bill. I find that to be an incredible story of following God's leading, Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a Barberton-based, Barberton, Ohio, Stark County-based business. So I'm inspired by the mentoring attitude, the the obedient attitude of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, Christian Healthcare Ministries, yeah. and yes, the person sitting to my left and what he and his mm. family did through their battle uh, for 12 years. Uh, we all have that capacity. 
We all have that capacity to mentor other people. So I would like to, we often talk to the people on our podcast who are not sure where they stand in their faith or they're trying to come to faith. Today, I'd like to address those of you who are mature in your faith. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to challenge you to dig in deeper and be inspired by stories like Chris and Steph, Christian Healthcare Ministries, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, and others who are really making a difference and have made a difference and continue to make a difference because Steph continues to make a difference. You continue to make a difference on a daily basis. Ask God, what can I do to make a difference? And, and know that obeying God's call in your life is a form of worship. I think when I've thought of worship in the past, I've thought of worship as well. It's when I sing or when I stand up or when you obey God, there are many scriptures in the Bible about the importance of obedience. Obeying God and obeying his call in your life is a form of worship. Be strengthened by that. So um, in Catholicism, there's a, it's interesting that you say that because this morning on my quest to do 6,000 miles, I was cycling this morning and there's a, uh, uh, it's called a chaplet, St. Michael chaplet. And one of the, the prayers in that is make me obedient to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So obedience mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. And obedience has a negative connotation sometimes, right? Yeah, because we don't like submitting to authority. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> in yes. any in any endeavor. Right, right. And But obedience is something that requires... I think discipline yes, it does. to make yourself obedient every day. And these are p- some of the prayers that I do every single day is that I want to be obedient. I want to be protected uh, from Satan, from lies. I want to be protected from when I screw up feeling like a fraud because I think that is one of the number one tools that Satan uses is mm-hmm. when he plants doubt in your mind. So I was thinking about two things happened yesterday. My wife, Carrie now, who by the way, um, is what she has, uh, how she entered into my life is a God thing to, uh, Embrace everything about Steph Mm -hmm. to embrace her role, not knowing that she's my children's mother, but knowing that she's very important in their life. And she's been a blessing to us. I've been blessed beyond belief, which is incredible in even going through something terrible, but yet coming out. By staying obedient and trusting, even though when I felt like not trusting, mm-hmm. still having the obedience to trust and encourage. And that comes from a belief that God's word is true. Mm-hmm. And what is right and what is true. We only know what is true today. We don't know. <laughs> but that's, and not getting caught up. And I heard uh, actually James Laurinaitis talk about this uh, at a, a meeting last night. Uh, not getting caught up in the what ifs 
but just know what is true and, and trust God that what is true and he's true and everything good comes from God and this too will pass and all those things. But I was talking to Carrie, who's in Florida, and she was at Mass yesterday, and the priest was talking about, hey, this coronavirus, God's got it. Now, use common sense, be smart, all that thing. But this is the time where it's time to be trust mm-hmm. and obedient and understand that God's got it. So last night, I was at a non-denominational meeting and hearing a, a pastor talk, you know, because I like to go all over the place. Yep. You know, my whole thing is whether it's when I go to mass or when I go to a non-denominational church or, or whatever it is, as long as Christ is at the top of it and the gospel's being preached, I'm good, right? Amen. And so what I was given last night, and I share this, you know, I told you about my text chain that I do every morning that I feels my personal mission mm-hmm. uh, trip. And just the pastor, it was about an hour-long session, and it was all men, about 300 guys. And he said, and he just mentioned it in passing really quick. And he says, he's talking about something and, you know, talking about struggles men have and, you know, stuff that we talk about here on this podcast, stuff mm-hmm. that I share. And then just passing, he said, oh, by, by the way, Psalm 91, and he went on to the next thing. Do you know what Psalm 91? I don't. Okay, I I'm going to read this. And this was so perfect for what Carrie said, what she heard the priest tell her in Florida, and what the pastor said last night at this men's gathering. And I wrote this to my my text chain, which include, includes uh, not necessarily acquaintances more than anything. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is another, you know, I got out of my comfort zone. In other words, I took my mission outside the church parking lot. Amen to that. <laughs> you know, because it's easy to to, oh, yeah. to mentor to our um, family, and it's easy to, or, or to pastor or to lead or to m- do mission work to our family and to our friends. But take it outside the church parking lot is a challenge, and that's what I've kind of done with my personal mission amongst other things. But... I digress. Man, I am so hot on my vocab today. You are, dude. All right. Scintillating. So, so, Psalm 91, 116 is this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and snare and from the deadly pestilence tell people what pestilence means uh it's uh like the virus yeah exactly he will cover you with his feathers under his wings and you will find refuge his faithfulness will be your shield and rampart you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eye and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near you, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread 
on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's a bold prayer. Yes, it is. It's bold to step out and believe that. It takes boldness because of our insecurity, because of our doubt, because of our willingness and our constant uh, need to play the what-if game. Yeah, and our search for comfort. The constant need to play the what-if game. And so for me, who naturally, one of my great challenges in my spiritual walk and journey is... Worry and anxiety, mm-hmm. not necessarily about myself, but those that I, I, as a man, we are able to protect, protect yeah. right? Yeah. Adam failed, so we're destined to fail at times, yeah. so we can't do that alone. That's why I, you call on the Holy Spirit, and that's where I think a lot of people, and when I do talk about my faith and when I'm in the... Um, a form. I, I always, or when I talk to people on the phone who are, are in a difficult time or in in trials or tribulations, I say, "List, look, you do not, I do not, we do not understand the power that we have with the Holy Spirit to call on that power. We don't do mm-hmm. it enough. We don't access it enough. We don't, we don't give it enough." Credit, credence, yes, and Amen. and and that's why I think I I want to encourage people today. And to, to if you have a Bible, or if you're going through, if you're worried about the coronavirus, if you're worried about the future, if you're worried about your job, if you're worried about your family, if if you have anxiety, just read that and ponder that and meditate on Psalm ninety one, and it will give you peace. And you know the other thing that um. I wanted to say today in regards to the the, the faith segment is that um, do not let Satan win and do not call on God, call on the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, all the things that we have at our disposal, all the tools that we have, empty the barrel. Every morning, and I believe in spiritual warfare as much as anybody in this world. There, I, I really, I think it's prevalent. I think it's, um, it's an attack every single day. But you, with the Holy Spirit, you have the power. And I say this every morning: by the by, in the name of Jesus Christ, get out of my house, Satan! Get away from my kids! And what? people need to understand is that satan has to obey that and you have that power to do that and i just want to encourage people to access the power that you have and don't let doubt or fear come into your life and understand that um if you are struggling with something if you have sinned it's never too late just keep striving, keep walking toward the light. And I go back to when I wrote my kids a letter when their mother was dying 
um, I go back to what I said to them. Right after she passed away, I said this. This is the time. Right now, <laughs> you're called to action. You're going to make a decision and a choice. You're going to run to God or you're going to run away from God. One of the two is going to happen. And I'm going to say this and 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 till the end of time because a miracle happened in my life and and I go to a couple different sometimes I go to my kids church I always go to mass mm-hmm. and I heard this in both services one day um <laughs> um I I just lost my my train of thought I'm sorry because I'm getting all oh, here's what it is and I've shared this with you and it's in the book and we talked about this on Monday, but I'm going to talk about it again just in case somebody didn't hear about it. Nobody in this world could have prayed harder or with more intent or with more sincerity, with more belief, more boldness than I did for a cure for my wife battling cancer. Nobody. I mean to the point of begging and pleading and I remember saying, just give me some grace here. And when I knew it was inevitable that she was going to die, I had peace about where she was going and, and a certain peace to handle the situation that was coming. Then it just hit me through all the difficult circumstances of of. of watching your kids go through something heartbreaking, which is torture on a father. I've just been affirmed, which we're going back to the affirmation, that grace and the miracle of grace has come to me by watching my children um, each day grow closer and closer in their personal relationship with God through Jesus. And that is a miracle for me because that was my biggest fear of them all. So even though I prayed boldly and grace didn't come in the form that I needed to become because God's will was different. I don't know why, but God's will was different. And I trust that even though it hurt. But the miracle that I get And the biggest fear that I had was that my children would turn and be angry at God and give me one of those, if God is so great and so loving and so kind, why do people die? Well, we all die. And the answer is because what God has in store for us is un... We can't imagine... What is waiting for us? So I encourage you that don't fear, but live uh, each moment and each day. And even if you you feel unworthy, continue to run to God. Don't say the heck with it and run away from God. Yeah, I'm reminded uh, of a scripture that uh, in times of struggle for me has been very, very meaningful. 1 Corinthians 2, nine. Uh, no eye has seen, uh, no ear uh, has heard, no mind can conceive 
what God has in store for those who love him. That's why we cannot fear death. I know that's so easy to say. What we fear is um, those that we leave behind. That's what we fear. But don't fear death because we don't want to cause pain or sadness on anybody. Uh, we got a bunch of emails with entries, and as you know, if you listen to the podcast, we always uh, read the emails cold on the air so you can get a fresh reaction. We'll go through them and uh, find those of you who uh, emailed something besides your entry to the contest, and we will read those on Friday. Uh, we do appreciate very much you listening to the podcast. You can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can contribute to the podcast if you like to via Patreon, which is a request that some listeners have made. We appreciate that. Congratulations to Nathan Herr, who's the winner of our 100th podcast uh, prize from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters in Mechanicsburg. I'll be going over there tomorrow uh, to meet the people who have doing, are doing great things in Nicaragua and Thailand. And um, and Spiels will be sampling their coffee on Friday, which I'm sure he looks forward to. I am very much. Oh, is I'm, it I may Ar- have to pick Arabica? Up a, I, I may have to pick up a Keurig between now and then. No, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll supply that. I mean, I. <laughs> Gosh. It's a good thing you had the last bottle of Diet Coke today, so either after we replenish the Diet. Coke I know supply. I'm high maintenance, and of course I'm no state champion, no. but you are, as I'm reminded of daily. I'll either have to get new more Diet Coke or get a curing, one thing or the other. But it's all worth it because um, we're. Um, I think we're hitting the target with what we want to do. Maybe it took us a hundred podcasts. I don't know, but. Uh, uh, this was uh, this was interesting today, and um, we just appreciate all of you listening. Yep, very much. So, have a great day. Uh, be strong in your faith and um, determined in your obedience. It is a form of worship, and we thank you for listening to us. We'll talk to you again on Friday.